verses 10 to 20, a passage that most of us will know well, and the heading is The Armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it, declare it fearlessly, as I should. Thank you, Ali. Time for us to, uh, to join in. I was going to say, thank you, please be seated, but you beat me to it, so well done. <laughs> Must have had you on your feet a long time, and you're ready to collapse in a heap. In case you do not realize it, we Christians are in a battle. Not against human beings, not our annoying neighbor, not against people in the workplace we do not get on with. No, our battle is with the spiritual forces of evil. If you are a Christian, the devil, Satan, is scheming against you. As we read in verse 16, the evil one, Satan, the devil, the leader of the spiritual forces of evil, is aiming flaming darts at us. He likes to send accusations and lies at us and seeks to undermine us in negative ways. That is what the passage from Ephesians chapter 6 is saying. Satan and his army of evil forces want to take us down. Christians can sometimes paint a wonderful, amazing picture of what it's like to be a Christian. And let me tell you, it is wonderful to know Jesus Christ, and it is amazing to be a Christian. But let's be utterly transparent and say this. It's not always easy to be a Christian. To be a Christian is an invitation to enter onto the battlefield. As soon as you become a Christian, you come to know a determined enemy, Satan, who seeks to oppose God in all things. History lesson. Back in the Middle Ages, the church gave Satan horns, goat's legs, made him bright red, and painted scary pictures of him. The intention was to scare people into becoming Christians. But the problem was, 
They made Satan out to be too obvious, too blatantly evil. In the Bible, and so still for us today, Satan works more subtly. He appears as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. He schemes, he plots, he fires accusations and lies against Christians. Why? Because he is the father of lies. John chapter 8, verse 44. And what's his aim? His aim is taking us down. Or, more scripturally, of causing us to fall. Remember, right back into Genesis chapter 3, Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, enjoying being in the very presence of God. Satan comes along in serpent form. He speaks lies to Eve, twisting God's word, so that Eve and then Adam ate the fruit which God had commanded them not to do, not to eat. And that moment in history, as we know, is called the fall, when humanity disobeyed God and moved from the joyful obedience of walking with God to disobeying and rebelling against him. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to fall. So, in, to turn from believing in Jesus Christ, to disobey and rebel against God, to turn from life, to death, to turn from light to darkness. Ephesians chapter 6 is full of sobering, serious truth. The Apostle Paul, who had been in a spiritual battle for a while and was in prison, Ali read, here I am in chains, an ambassador in change, so in, in prison for his faith, he writes to the Ephesian Christians and says to them, be strong, stand against the schemes of the devil, withstand in the evil day, stand firm. And then he goes on to explain how the Ephesians, and now we as Christians, can stand firm when we are locked in the spiritual warfare against the evil powers, including Satan. Paul urges us to put on the whole armour of God, God has provided us with, as Captain America would say, the full suit. He has given us a helmet, a breastplate, a shield and a sword, and even the right belt and shoes. God has designed and provided a full set of armour. All we need is to take it up and put it on. Yet sometimes we might seek to engage before we put the armour on that he's given us, or maybe to run away and not bother. That is not what God wants us to do. He wants us to put on his armour so that we can engage and stand firm. Now, the first thing to understand is that the real strength does not come from within us. It is not an inner resolve in my heart that is going to keep me standing when Satan tries to bring me down. The call in Ephesians 6 is to first look to God and to know that our strength comes from the spiritual armour that he has given us. If you feel weak this morning, then me too. Truth told, 
in our own strength, every single one of us in this room is weak. There is no way I can stand against Satan's attacks on my own. How am I supposed to do it? I'm weak. I get tired easily. The key is not in finding strength in and of myself. No. It is about finding and locking into the strength that God provides. Suiting up in his armor. Am I weak? Yes. But God is strong. And he has given me a set of spiritual armor so strong that even I can stand up to Satan's attacks. So we must look to God and to Jesus Christ for our strength. So when we look at the armor that Paul describes in Ephesians 6, we should take it back to its Old Testament context. You start to see that God and God's Messiah wear that very same armor offered to the Ephesians and now to us. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 5 sees the Messiah wearing the belt of faithfulness around his loins. Isaiah 59 verse 17, God himself puts on righteousness as a breastplate and puts on his head a helmet of salvation. Isaiah 49 verse 2, God's servant, the Messiah speaks and says, the Lord has made my mouth like a sharp sword. If we've been a Christian for a while, we probably recall the account in Mark, Matthew, and Luke's Gospels of Jesus in the wilderness, where Satan tempted him three times. On each occasion, Jesus quoted scripture to Satan to defeat his lies. See how Jesus used the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, to defend himself against Satan's lies. When Paul, sorry, when Paul says, put on the armor of God, he is calling us to put on the armor that he has already worn. The effectiveness of the armor comes from God's strength. No, no one defeated God when he wore the armor. So now let us consider each part in detail. In verse 14, we are told to fasten on the belt of truth. Now I'd hoped so I'd had a young person who would join me in this. Um, but equally, if they tried to put this belt on, it would probably fall down around their ankles, so it would be no good. So we put on the belt of truth. We've already identified that Satan likes to feed us lies by saying things like, saying things like this to you. God doesn't really love you. The Holy Spirit isn't going to help you. God doesn't mind if you do a little sin over here or tell a little lie over there. Satan loves to feed us lies. So it's important that we're protected by the belt of truth. Jesus described himself as the truth. John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we're putting on the belt of truth, we're putting on Christ himself. Secondly, in verse 14, 
we're introduced to the breastplate of righteousness. You can see I've grown a bit since I was first fitted with this one. Uh, it may have been better fitted to a young person, but there we go. In the Bible, the opposite of righteousness is guilt and wickedness. When a Christian is declared righteous in the sight of God, they become good and innocent. Every single Christian has taken part in this wonderful exchange. As Christians, we give Jesus our sin. Jesus took our sins upon himself and paid for them through his death on the cross. In return for our sin, every Christian receives back Christ's righteousness. We give Christ our dirty, torn, ruined garments of sin, and he gives us a breastplate of righteousness. If God sees me as righteousness, sorry, if God sees me as righteous, what can Satan say to me? In verse 15, we're given the shoes of righteousness, uh, uh, sorry, the shoes of readiness, given by the gospel of peace. So what is this gospel of peace? Well, we were once enemies of God. We rebelled against his kingdom. We rebelled against his authority. We disobeyed his commands. However, the penalty for our disobedience has already been paid by Jesus Christ upon the cross. So all of us who believe in Jesus are no longer enemies, but rather friends of God. And even better than that, children of God. We who were once at war with God, fighting him, rebelling against him, now have peace with him. That's the gospel of peace, and that's the good news of peace. This good news should give us the readiness to share the gospel of peace with others. So our role is to put on the shoes of readiness that say, I am going to share the good news of peace with as many people as I can. But do it in a wise, gentle, loving, caring way. But always be ready to do that. In verse 16, Paul talks about the shield. And sorry, it's got a dragon on it. I couldn't find mine with the cross on it. But there we go. I'm sure you'll forgive me. So, take up the shield of faith. Paul talks about the shield of faith and explains that faith has the power to extinguish the fiery darts from the evil one. Those sharp, piercing accusations that Satan sends to bring us down and to set our lives on fire. They can be rendered useless by faith. Faith in Christ is a fireproof shield. Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus says, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. The reason he can say that is because it's not the size of our faith that matters. No, it's the person we're putting our faith in. No, my faith might be very small, just the size of a mustard seed. If I put my faith in God, 
who is mighty and glorious. Therefore, though my faith is small because it is put in the one who has all power and all authority, Jesus in me can do mighty things. So it's the same with that shield of faith. The strength of the shield to defend you does not come from how big your faith is. No, it comes from Jesus Christ, the one you put your faith in. Paul talks about the helmet of salvation. And uh, some of the team who do open the book know that this isn't the Charles one. This is the one I bought for myself because it fits. I offered it to Elijah, but it was too floppy on him. Albeit there were some smaller ones he could have picked. But yeah, this, the helmet of salvation. If we look to Isaiah and the Old Testament, when God, when God himself puts on the helmet of salvation, he goes out to rescue his people and to defeat those who rebelled against him. In the New Testament, Christ wears the helmet of salvation to face and to conquer the greatest foes of all, sin and death. In Ephesians 6, Jesus hands over his helmet of salvation to us. We can wear it with confidence because our salvation has already been won by him. We have been framed, sorry, we have been, we have been freed, we have been freed from shame into glory, rescued from dark to light, redeemed from death to life. We can wear this helmet of salvation, not because we're going out to win our own salvation, but because salvation has already been won for us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that this salvation grants us huge protection from the schemes of the evil one. And then finally, in verse 17, Paul goes on to talk about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let us ensure that we frequently, Richard, not regularly, frequently read the word of God, the Bible. Take it seriously. Submit to it. When we read God's word and pray on it, we open ourselves to being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is where we can encounter God most powerfully. The Holy Spirit often works through the word, using the word to speak to us. Are you a word and spirit person? Are you reading God's word? Are you meditating on it? Are you memorizing it? Are you wielding the sword of the spirit against Satan? So try not to just rely on Sunday morning teaching. Yes, we prioritize the word in our Sunday morning service. But let each of us pick up the Bible daily and read it. Study it and pray about it. Maybe this is a challenge to you this morning. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict you and give you a renewed vigor and energy to read the Word. We need to read and understand our Bibles so that in the strength of the Spirit, we can take up the sword and take down Satan when he comes against us. In conclusion, suit up, fasten on the belt of truth, 
Take up the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith in Jesus Christ. Put on the helmet of salvation. And take up the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Put on the whole armor of God. And you, we, will stand firm against Satan and his allies. And our final piece of application this morning is this. We need to be people who pray daily. Perhaps prayers like this. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the belt of truth. I thank you that Christ is the truth. I thank you that his gospel is true. I thank you that he, I thank you that his life was true. Thank you that his sacrifice was true and all atoning. I thank you his resurrection was true. Lord, may I fasten the truth around my life today. I thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. I was once a sinner who was wicked in your sight, but now you have given me Christ's righteousness. I wear that breastplate today. May it protect me from any lies that are thrown against me. Thank you for the shield of faith that you have given me. My faith is in Jesus Christ, and he is an all-conquering shield about me. I put on the helmet of salvation, Lord. You have won salvation for me. I know you. I am in relationship with you. I am going to heaven because of what Jesus has done for me. I have a wonderful, glorious inheritance because of the salvation you have provided. I'm going to wear that as a helmet today. May it protect me, protect my mind, protect everything about me as I go into the world. And I thank you for your word. I'm going to read it each day. I'm going to spend time praying about it. Please enable me to remember it and to hold on to it and to wield it as truth against any who would seek to persuade me that it is not true. Lord, clothe me in all your armour. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.